We should not look for anything or anyone else outside of God. And we should love Him with everything we are. And we should teach everyone around us to love Him with everything they are also. Our love for Him should be unique and reserved only for Him. There can be no other gods or idols before Him. It is necessary to love Him above all things. He must have priority over everything and everyone. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be explaining that the Lord will not show His power when there is idolatry. According to the Word of God, all sin is bad, and especially when it comes to the repentance and conversion we should have in order to attain God's salvation. But even within all of that, the sin of idolatry is the one that brings about the worst consequences. Idolatry can separate people completely from God's mercy and grace. There can be no salvation or eternal life if a person is somehow practicing the sin of idolatry. Today's message is inspired in the book of Judges, chapter 6, verses 11 to 26. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, hallowed and glorified be your name. Your kingdom come, O Lord God. You will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Heavenly Father, I praise you because you are good, because you are merciful, because you are gracious, because of the sacrifice that you made for us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your love. Thank you, Heavenly Father, because you truly care about us and in every kind of way that we cannot even imagine. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray always that you please forgive my sins. I trust only in your mercy and in your grace, O Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus for your guidance. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may help us to see things clearly as your people. And I pray, O oh Lord, if there are still folks out there that are listening that have not yet come to you, I pray that they may be able to have this saving relationship with you through your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We'll be reading today from the book of Judges, chapter 6, verses 11 to 26. This is the word of the Lord. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress, in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all of this happened to us? Where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. So Gideon went in and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from an ephah flour. The meat he put in a basket, and he put the broth in a pot, and he brought them out to him under the terebinth tree and presented them. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat 
and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread and fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day, it is still in the Ophrah of the Abyssalites. Now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, Take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the wooden image that is beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock in the proper arrangement, and take the second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image which you shall cut down. Many years ago, someone asked me this question. Why do we not see God's miracles today? And the Lord gave me a very concise and clear answer to give her. The reason we do not see God's miracles is because of sin. There is too much sin, especially within those people that call themselves God's people. In today's passage, we read that Gideon complains about not seeing God's miracles and or support. Israel at the time was suffering oppression at the hand of the Midianites. The Midianites were doing whatever they wanted with Israel. If the Midianites saw even just a little increase in Israel, they would take it. But what Gideon didn't realize at the moment was that the Lord had allowed for the Midianite oppression to happen because of Israel's sin. Even more exactly, God had allowed that to happen because of Israel's idolatry. And we see that towards the end of the passage where the Lord tells Gideon to tear down the altar of Baal his father had along with the wooden image beside it. Idolatry was all over Israel. What was even more surprising was that Israel was worshiping the same gods of the people that they got rid of when coming into the territory. For some reason, they found some sort of higher value in gods that had failed the people that they conquered than the God that had given them victory and provided them with the promised land. It's hard to explain just how backwards the sin they were committing. And that is what usually happens with sin, especially with the sin of idolatry. And so the first thing we can see here is that the Lord is a jealous God. He cannot reconcile the fact that people he has loved and given so much to, that they would look for idols that did nothing for them and that even failed the other people. God cannot accept ultimately any kind of spiritual adultery or betrayal, if you will, that people say that they love him, but at the same time look for idols outside of him. The first of the Ten Commandments deals with the sin of idolatry. In Exodus chapter 20, it says, and God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. In this passage, when giving the Ten Commandments, God reminds Israel of what he had done for them unmeritedly. He reminds them that they owe him something of very high value, their freedom. Today, 
whether people believe in the Lord or not, every single human being owes a great deal to the Lord. If you are living and breathing at this very moment, it is because the Lord wills it. And that within itself is dead enough. But now, not only do we owe Him our existence, we also owe Him the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. He provided a way of salvation through His only begotten Son on the cross and also unmeritedly. We have done nothing to deserve the opportunity for salvation. Actually, quite the contrary. We all deserve to spend eternity in hell because of our sins. For it is written, For all, without exception, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And it is also written, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So these ten commandments and every other commandment that the Lord gives us also applies, and not just to the people of Israel, especially if we want to lay claim to the eternal life God gives through the Lord Jesus Christ. We owe Him everything. If you read Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign in your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. What does the Lord mean by saying that the Lord is one? What that means is that there is no other one like Him and that He should be the only one we look for. We should not look for anything or anyone else outside of God. And we should love Him with everything we are. And we should teach everyone around us to love Him with everything they are also. Our love for Him should be unique and reserved only for Him. There can be no other gods or idols before Him. It is necessary to love Him above all things. He must have priority over everything and everyone. Jesus Himself reiterated this first commandment when asked about how to inherit eternal life when He said, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. When we love the Lord above any and all things as our one and only God, it means that our trust must also be only on Him. He needs to be our everything in life, our only reliance. When we look for things outside of God, we're putting those things first. And when we give other things the preeminence over God, we are committing idolatry, especially if we put our trust in those things. And the practical problem with that is that if we put our trust in anything or anyone inferior, we're only doing ourselves a disservice. Think about it this way, like we saw a little earlier. We owe our very existence to God. We live and breathe because He wills it. We have every single thing we have because He has allowed it. We can think, reason, have abilities, and so on, because He allows for those things to work. Everything in the universe consists or exists because of the person of Jesus Christ. The Bible puts it very clearly like this in Colossians chapter 1, where it says, For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. What are these thrones or dominions or principalities or powers? 
He's not only talking about human reign on earth. The Apostle Paul is talking about all things that make the existence of the universe possible. The reign of people here on earth is only the tip of the iceberg, if you will. From the universe and the galaxies and the stars and planets to the smallest things like cells and atoms, they all exist because God one day established some sort of power or dominion that keeps them working the way they work. The laws of physics that we have only explain but a few things that God has established in the universe. There is a power, a principality, that reigns over the existence of things that the Lord God Almighty established. Mankind is nothing when compared to the universe, to everything that surrounds us. We think too much of ourselves. Yet when a person trusts in things that are lesser than the Lord, then they are only doing themselves harm. It's an insult to God. Think about it like this. Pretend for a moment that you work very hard to give your son or daughter an incredible present for Christmas. You work hard to give them the very best thing you could ever give them, the most valuable thing you have ever given them. And you wrap that present or put a bow on it or something like that. And the day comes that you give them that present. And rather than your son or daughter thanking you for the present, they somehow start to believe that the wrap or bow you used to give them the present is really responsible for the present you gave them. And instead of thanking you, for what you gave them, they put their trust on the bow or wrapping you used, and they start loving that more than they love you. It sounds utterly ridiculous, but that is the sin of idolatry. When we commit idolatry before the Lord, we are giving inanimate and or lesser things the credit to things God gave us. We ultimately turn the blessings of God into cursed things. People worship Baal and other gods because they were seeking for the things that supposedly these false idols were supposed to give. It was these idols that were created that were supposed to bless the harvest or give fertility or protection and so on. But again, who gives all these things? The Lord. How can anyone ever reason that anything else has more value than the Lord God Almighty of the universe? And now, not only does he give us existence, but even a way to eternal life, to our mortality through Jesus Christ. But instead of acknowledging God, instead of coming to his Christ, most people go somewhere else. They refuse for whatever reason to believe and follow the Lord and insult him by looking to these idols. And I hate to say this, but most people do this, especially those that say that believe in him. Some people think that idolatry consists of having weird statues and things like that and kneeling and or praying to them. Idolatry is not just that. It's everything you put ahead of the Lord and place your trust on. Do you want some examples? How about money? Money is an idol to most people. How about family? A person might say, I think I honor God by loving my family. And yes, that's true, but you cannot love your family more than the Lord. They cannot be the reason for your existence. They cannot be the ones that dictate your purpose in life. Jesus said this, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. The Ten Commandments tell us that we are to honor our mother and father. But they don't say that honoring our father and mother takes precedent over loving the Lord. There is a priority. And of course, there are people that don't even care about their parents and think that their lives should circle around their friends. Friends are not a bad thing, but there is no commandment that says that you should honor your friends. And if there are some of you that might think, well, what about my neighbor? 
Don't my friends enter in that category? And yes, that's true. But your neighbor is also every single person around you, including your enemy. And Jesus said that we are to love our enemies and that we are to do good to those that do evil to us. And also, loving our neighbor is second to loving the Lord. Loving the Lord is first. Our trust in Him should be complete. Our reliance should only be on Him. God gives us everything, so He should get first place. And our faith should only be on the Lord. It's that simple. So I hope some of you are thinking right now, well, John, I have to admit, I have committed idolatry against the Lord. I have offended God with the sin. What do I do now? And the answer is, repent, convert, turn away from your sin, leave it behind. God will work in your favor when there is true repentance from idolatry. I will say this again. God will work in your favor when there is true repentance from idolatry. His word says this, Therefore you, O son of man, Say to the house of Israel, Thus you say, if our transgressions and our sins lie upon us and we pine away in them, how can we then live? Say to them, As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. Why should you die, O house of Israel? Therefore you, son of man, say to the children of your people, the righteousness of the righteous man shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall because of it in the day that he turns from his wickedness. Nor shall the righteous be able to live because of his righteousness in the day that he sins. God knows that we are not perfect, but what he does expect us is for us to turn away from sin, especially the sin of idolatry. That is the worst way we can offend him. Sin is sin, and all sin is evil before the Lord, especially for salvation. But the worst sin is betraying him with other gods and idols. That is something he cannot deal with. It is something he cannot reconcile and make like it's not there. If there is anything we should deal with in our lives, it's the sin of idolatry. Every difficult experience he allows to happen in our lives is a call to remove idolatry from our lives. Whenever we experience hardship, that is God's way of saying that something needs to change and that we need to focus and rely only on Him. That our trust must be concentrated on Him. God, for instance, tried the people of Israel in the desert to see if they would let go of idolatry in their hearts. He allowed for them to be tested. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, it says, Every commandment which I command you today must be careful to be observed that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And so he tests our love to see if it is true and genuine. That's the only way true love can be tested. Hardship, difficulty, trials, and tribulations are the only things that can bring out to the light what is deep within a person's heart. That is what God tries to bring to the light with our circumstances. The reality is that we are created beings made to serve. It is unavoidable. And the way you can tell if you have an idol or idols in your life is by seeing who you trust more. Who do you take your lead from? 
Where is your focus in life? Ultimately, what is the motivator of your life? Is God and his love what motivates you to live your life or is it other things? Are your decisions based on the Lord and his direction or something else? People's idols can be money, power, fame, friends, family, career, and of course themselves. So you see, idols do not necessarily have to be strange gods or weird images. Anything that takes priority in a person's life of head of God is an idol. And if that is what it is governing a person's life, they will never experience God's true power in their life. God will not reveal himself to someone that lives for other gods and lords. Some people might say, God gives me some of the things I ask for, so I think I'm fine. But if a person is submitted to someone or something outside of the Lord, I would have to tell you that it is not God that is answering those requests. It is another power that wants to deceive you and keep you right where you are so you don't turn to the Lord, so you remain content with the temporary world and lose your soul. That is how the devil operates. He wants for people to stay in the dark, to continue being under his power in one way or another. When a person remains in the sin of idolatry, they are under his dominion. That is why it is so important to make sure that the Lord is in fact our Lord, our God, our one and only, the one where we put our complete trust and faith in, ultimately the reason for our existence. Then and only then will a person truly experience the power of God in their life through any circumstance and most importantly, be able to have entrance into the Lord's kingdom. That's the only way eternal life can be attained through Christ Jesus. The big question for all of us is, who will you choose to serve? If you choose to follow and serve anything or anyone outside of the Lord, and that is what is controlling your life, that is your idol, that is your God. If you look to do whatever you want to do, then you are your own God and idol. Many people make the mistake of thinking that believing in God and asking Him to meet our needs is proof enough that they are following God. But that doesn't mean anything. James chapter 2 says, You believe that there is one God? You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. And we know that demons will never be saved. So just believing in God does not bring about salvation. And if a person approaches God only with the idea to have him take care of their needs, that just means that they're attempting to use God. So in all reality, rather than serving the Lord, they're trying to make a servant out of him. And that is clearly far away from anything related to what the Word of God teaches. Does God want to meet your needs? Of course he does. But our needs should not be the focus of our lives. We're only thinking about our own wishes and desires and goals and dreams and our needs, then you are only interested in what you want and far away from the will of God. And that is very dangerous territory. In true faith, there is no selfishness. Our will should be His will. Just like Jesus taught us how to pray, your will be done, your kingdom come. The Father's will is which we should look to accomplish in our lives. Jesus said it very clearly. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. That's why idolatry cannot be present in our lives. That is why idolatry is such a harmful sin and it must be isolated and dealt with. The premise for salvation is very clear in the scriptures where it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, 
you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You have to believe fully and completely in Jesus as the Lord of your life. With all of your heart, He must be the Lord. He must be the one that you are fully submitted to, looking for His direction, looking to fulfill His will. The Lord's goals must become your goals. His desires must become our desires. Otherwise, a person will not be saved. They will never experience God in their lives. They will only experience temporary and superficial things that will lead them straight to hell. And once there, there is no turning back. There is no second chance. Once a person stands judgment before the Lord and is found to have lived for things outside of the Lord, they will suffer the consequences for their decision. Ultimately, we are all free to choose, but every choice has a consequence. We are responsible for our choices and actions. We don't have anyone to blame except ourselves for what we do, especially when it comes to deciding who to serve. The devil can tempt you, but he can't make you do anything. This is ultimately how we are challenged through the Bible when Joshua spoke to Israel to make a decision. In Joshua chapter 24, it says, Now therefore, fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so the question is, who will you choose to serve? Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you and only you are God. The Lord is one. Lord, we owe you everything, everything that we have, everything that we will ever be. We owe you eternity. Lord God, help us, O oh Lord, to be sensitive to this, to understand this, to truly take it in, to, to not just take it as knowledge, but something that is deep within our hearts, to understand that we owe you absolutely every single thing. And we owe you the greatest gift, which is the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. That if we repent with all of our heart from all of our sins, and we confess and accept Jesus as the Lord of our lives, that we can have eternal life. Heavenly Father, you have loved us so much, yet we are so unfair to you. Because Lord, we look to other things we trust in other things. We even trust in ourselves sometimes. Heavenly Father, please forgive our sins of idolatry. Please forgive us, O Lord, Heavenly Father, for not honoring you the way that we should. Help us, O Lord, to be able to give you that first place that you deserve. Heavenly Father, help us, O Lord, that we may have faithful and loyal hearts to you. Lord God, we understand that it doesn't mean that we cannot love anyone else. But what it does mean is that we must love you above everything and everyone else. Help us to always give you that first place, to treat you as the Lord God Almighty that you are, the creator of heaven and earth, and the owner of the universe. 
May you be praised forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.